You're listening to the Brooks No Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooks Snow. You have episode 92, The Small Moment. Have you ever felt trapped in anxiety or fear? Have you ever struggled through a trial and just wished it would go away? In the Doctrine and Covenants, we are given a promise by the Lord that thine afflictions shall be but a small moment. And if thou endure it well, God will exalt thee on high. When you're struggling with fear, worry, anxiety, or any big life trial for that matter, it often doesn't feel like it's a small moment. It feels like it's a big moment and a long moment. God promises that the moment can be small, but we have to play a part in making that happen. Let's learn how. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available in Deseret Bookstores and on Amazon.com. It's filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to everyone who has left a review for this podcast on iTunes. I read every review and I am so grateful for each person who takes the time to give back in this way. It means so much to me to receive feedback and to know that taking the time to create these episodes makes a difference for someone. If you've left a review, thank you. If you haven't left one yet and you've benefited in any way from this podcast, will you please leave a review today? Just pause the episode and tell me what has been your biggest takeaway so far. Today's review of the week comes from Garrett789. He says, another male follower here. My sweet wife introduced me to your podcast a few weeks ago, and now I can't stop listening to them. I find the principles you teach to be timeless and full of truth. I started practicing meditation and mindfulness a couple of years ago to help with anxiety, fear, and worry. It has made a big difference in my life. I especially love your practice tying true and helpful principles back into the gospel. Keep doing what you're doing. Your light is spreading and will only help those who let it. Garrett, thank you so much for the review. I'm so grateful you mentioned how practicing meditation and mindfulness has helped you with anxiety, fear, and worry. This is exactly what we're actually going to dive into in this episode. So it's so validating to hear your own testimony of these practices and how they truly help. Keep up your awesome mindfulness and meditation practice. I am cheering you on. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your ratings and your reviews and your shares... That is what makes this podcast possible. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing. This week in my creation coach program, we are studying about the fundamental be present. Now, presence is a little bit of a buzzword right now. And even though I've been studying mindfulness and meditation for several years now, I have to say, I feel like I am barely scratching the surface of the power that lies in presence. What does it even mean to be present? In the most basic way, it means that I'm not living in the past and I'm not living in the future. I'd also add that it means that I'm not living in my head. One of the easiest ways for me personally to not be present is to be wrapped up in my own thoughts. My brain loves to think and wander and chatter on and on and on. When we get so caught up in our mind, we have a tendency to disconnect from the present. We're in our head. We even describe someone who's too caught up in their head by saying that they aren't really here, that they're far, far away, lost in the thoughts of their mind. We all do this. 
And sometimes we go through life challenges that make presence far more difficult. When we get lost in our thoughts, we typically end up visiting the past or visiting the future. We ruminate on things of the past, or we feel anxious or fearful about things in the future. If we live in the past, we may play out past conversations over and over. We may fixate on one thing a person said or did. We can get stuck on a past experience and imagine all the consequences of that event and make judgments about ourselves or others. Or sometimes if we feel like our life used to actually be better in the past, we may visit the past longing to live the way things were before XYZ happened and changed it all. If we live in the future, we may worry about what people will think of us, how people will respond, and maybe rehearse future conversations where we put words in people's minds and foolishly think that we actually know what other people are thinking. Or perhaps we're anxious and afraid for the future. We worry and project the worst case outcomes that could await us. Do any of these scenarios sound familiar? If so, congratulations, you are a human. (laughs) It is natural for the human mind to wander and separate from the present. We can spend an exorbitant amount of time trying to live anywhere but here, especially if there's something in the present that we are resisting or that we don't like or that we want to avoid. In short, we feel fear in one of its many forms. Life trials or challenges are often triggers for us to seek an escape route in our minds so we can find what we think is safety. Ironically, our escape to the future or the past often only increases our anxiety or sadness rather than bringing the relief we think it will. In March of 1839, the prophet Joseph Smith was unjustly imprisoned in Liberty Jail. The jail was a dungeon of rough stone. It was underground, and it measured only 14 by 14 feet, with a ceiling just over six feet high. Only two small barred windows allowed light and air into the cell. The prophet, along with six other prisoners, suffered from winter weather, filthy conditions, hunger, and sickness. While in Liberty Jail, the prophet wrote letters to his family and the saints. His correspondence contains some of the most poignant revelations found in Scripture. One of those poignant revelations comes from Doctrine and Covenants section 121. Joseph is pleading with the Lord, asking how long he and the saints must suffer. Twice he actually says those exact words, how long, how long? Verse two, how long shall thy hand be stayed? Verse three, yea, O Lord, how long shall they suffer these wrongs and unlawful oppressions before thine heart shall be softened towards them and thy bowels be moved with compassion towards them? Have you ever asked the Lord the same question? How long? How long must I go through this trial? When will this be over? How long must I wait for the blessing I want? How long? We humans 
love to measure things. We want to know the beginning and the end. And often, when we don't know how long something will be, our minds will seek escape. If we don't know when something will end, we create the end ourselves by escaping somewhere else. How long? The Lord answers Joseph's question of how long in verse 7. He says, My son, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine afflictions shall be but a small moment. And then, if thou endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high. Thou shalt triumph over all thy foes. How long? How long? It shall be but a small moment. A small moment is not long. Now, I have pondered this response deeply. Thine afflictions shall be a small moment. Certainly, when you're going through a huge challenge, it doesn't feel like a small moment. We often interpret this response of the Lord by defaulting to the big eternal perspective. When we consider the vastness of eternity to eternity, it's true. This moment really is small. I also think embedded in this response is the key to how we can shorten our suffering. Because too often, we unknowingly suffer far more than we need to. We actually draw out and lengthen our suffering because we live it over and over again in the past or in the future. Yet God says, if thou endure it well. May I offer that the way we endure it well is to be present, to be here. We don't separate ourselves from God by living in a different dimension of time as we do when we live in the past or future. We're present. We are willing to feel the uncomfortable feelings and go through the experience. If we endure it well by being truly present, then our afflictions shall be but a small moment. Now listen close. When we live in the past or the future, we lengthen the difficult moment. We end up extending all of it. It no longer is but a small moment because it becomes bigger. Why? If it's something regretful in the past, we make it bigger by living it over and over in our minds. If it's something in the future that we are fearful for or anxious over, we anticipate it again and again by living it in the future. It's no longer a small moment. Now it's much, much bigger. Our own view of the future is never as accurate as we think it will be. Mark Twain is attributed to saying, I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. We have a tendency to allow our fears to project images of what could possibly happen. We see with great distortion and we're quick to believe what our mind creates. Of all the people in the world who could accurately know what the future would hold, Jesus Christ demonstrated remarkable presence. He knew he would be slain for the sins of the world. He knew he would suffer. He knew what was coming. 
And yet, he did not live in the future. In the final moments of his life, he was calm and present. After being betrayed by Judas Iscariot, Jesus is confronted by a mob. In defense and likely fear, one of his disciples smotes off the ear of one of the servants of the high priest. Calmly, Jesus heals the man's ear and he says to his captors and disciples, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? He knows his mission. He knows his future. And yet, as monstrously overwhelming his future must seem to all of us mortals, he is present and does not fear. He doesn't extend his suffering and make it more than it needs to be. It is not more nor less. Rather, he endures it well by being absolutely present in his experience, and God exalts him on high. As he is taken before the high priest Caiaphas, the elders seek to bring false witness against Jesus to put him to death. He is accused. And what does he do? Matthew 26, 62. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace. He held his peace. He is present. He doesn't separate in fear for the future. As it says in the scripture, he held his peace. He behaves similarly as he's taken before Pilate in every moment leading up to the crucifixion. He holds his peace. God gives Joseph Smith similar counsel on how to endure his trials while he suffered in Liberty Jail. In section 122, the Doctrine and Covenants, verses 7 through 9, all these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. The Son of Man hath descended below them all. Art thou greater than he? Therefore, now listen, hold on thy way. It's sort of similar to saying, Hold your peace, right? Be present. Therefore, hold on thy way. Fear not what man can do, for God shall be with you forever and ever. The reason there's so much power in the present moment is because this is where God exists. He is omnipresent. He is always present. We know that our experience of time and God's experience of time are different, But there is one point in which they intersect, the present moment. I playfully like to refer to this as living in God's time zone. Presence is where God is. When we separate ourselves by living in the past or living in the future, we've also separated from God. When we separate ourselves by living in the past or living in the future, we also extend our suffering. If we truly desire for the challenges of life to be but a small moment, we must endure it well by being present. When the pandemic shut down the world, I did a lot of living in the past and future. I longed for the past. I wanted things to go back to the way they used to be. 
I also feared for the future. I was caught up in reading the news in both mainstream media and conspiracy theories, and I spent a lot of time fearing the future and wondering what was true and what was false. Now, more than a year later, I can see how I made the small moment so much bigger by anticipating things that never happened. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that we only have sunny days ahead or that everything in our world is currently fine. But I'm learning that no matter how challenging events in the future will be, I don't want to make them bigger or longer than they are. They shall be but a small moment if I live in the moment. Hold your peace. Whether it's world events or a terminal diagnosis or a loss or a challenge that you don't have answers for right now, know that these things shall be but a small moment if you live in the moment. Hold your peace by being present. A close friend of mine is currently dealing with extreme physical and mental health challenges. She's undergoing lots of tests with doctors and trying to find the answers. When she spends hours researching her symptoms on the internet, she quickly becomes anxious about her future or possibly the lack of a future. She's struggling to be present. She easily reverts to living in the past and wanting to go back to the way things were before she had these challenges. And then she also spends a lot of time living in the future, frantic and fretting over every possible bad outcome that could happen. She's unknowingly making everything bigger and longer. I've spent many conversations with her, helping her get present. She's being proactive by getting tests and seeing a therapist, but the waiting period, oh, the waiting period. It is a wonderful time to practice presence. Why? Thine affliction shall be but a small moment if you live in the moment. Hold your peace. Living in the present takes practice. Satan wants us to pull away from presence because it separates us from God. He wants to pull us away from presence by causing us to fear the future or relive the past in ways that paralyze us. It shall be but a small moment if I live in the moment. Hold your peace. Be present. There are so many ways to practice presence. Meditation is my favorite. You hear me talk about this all the time. Emily Fletcher says, we meditate not to get good at meditation. We meditate to get good at life. Training our mind to be present isn't only so we can get a good mental detox when we meditate. We do this so we can train our mind to be present all day long. Help us be present with our people. Help us be present in the challenges we face. Our afflictions shall be but a small moment if we live in the moment. Be here. The irony is that oftentimes we think we're escaping the difficult present when really the present isn't as bad as we think. What we're usually trying to escape is our story about our circumstances and how we see it affecting our future or judging our past. When we take the time to be truly present, we discover the real present moment is actually totally fine. It's our story that needs work. It's our mind that needs to be still. 
and come back to being here. I'm discovering that there are so many layers to presence. The closer and closer you get to the center of presence, the closer you get to your true self and to God. But you have to go through the layers to get there. Any layer of presence will help support you in enduring well. The first layer can simply be a mental awareness that you separated from the present. You discover that you are mentally living in the past or future. You discover that your mind is far away from here. Once you notice this, come back to being here. If you notice yourself totally spun out in your mind, a great way to bring yourself back to the present is simply to check your five senses. What sounds can you hear right now? What smells can you smell right now? What things can you see right now? What can you touch right now and feel against your skin? What can you taste right now? Noticing the physical senses, it helps to bring you back into your body. When your mind and body are united, you are more present. When you are present and in the moment, your afflictions shall be but a small moment. You may have to repeat the process a million times. That's okay. It takes practice. If you truly desire peace, if you truly desire relief, you will only find it in the present because this is where God is. When I was an undergrad music major in college, one class will forever stand out in my mind. We were studying 20th century avant-garde composers such as John Cage. John Cage was famous for composing unconventional music and his unconventional use of instruments. And he's actually really well known for this piece titled Four Minutes, 19 Seconds. The concept of the piece entails the pianist walking out on stage, taking his watch off, setting it on the piano, and sitting in silence for four minutes, 19 seconds. As you can probably imagine, it was a controversial piece of music at the time. Some listeners would argue that this wasn't music at all. It was silence. But the intention of John Cage was to bring the listeners awareness to the music that already existed around them. The sounds, the sounds right then in the present moment. In this regard, no performance of 4 minutes 19 seconds would ever be the same. What might one hear in this performance? Perhaps a cough of someone in the hall, or the squeak of a chair, maybe the air conditioner running, or whispers from audience members who think this is all a hoax. You get the idea. Our amazing music history professor wanted to shift our own awareness of the music of everyday sounds around us, so he took us on a walk around campus. His instructions were simple. We weren't allowed to speak. We were to follow him walking single file in silence and listen to all the sounds around us. We walked through places on campus I had never been, through a boiler room, through a parking lot, out to the busy four-lane road, through an empty concert hall, through crowds of people, and back into our classroom. As you can imagine, that was the most awareness I had ever experienced with sound before. I was used to walking across campus with my mind thinking a million thoughts a minute, usually oblivious 
to the myriad of sounds around me. This level of awareness actually reminds me of a scene from the movie Christopher Robin. If you haven't seen this movie, it is absolutely delightful. And I'm going to link the trailer in the show notes because it actually highlights the scene that I'm about to tell you about. If you're a fan of Winnie the Pooh, you will recall that Christopher Robin is the young boy who is Winnie the Pooh's friend. In the movie, Christopher Robin is all grown up and a busy adult who is stressed out about life and he's too caught up in his work to give his family the attention that they need and crave. Winnie the Pooh comes back into his life and the very surprised Christopher Robin doesn't know what to make of it. His life is turned upside down and he embarks on an unexpected adventure that brings back not only his imagination, but most importantly, his awareness of what is happening around him. There's a scene in the movie where Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh are riding in a train car. And Christopher Robin, he's all serious and he's trying to get his pressing work done. And Winnie the Pooh stares out the window as they're going on the train and he comments on the scenery. House, clouds, tree, dog. Christopher Robin is bothered by the seeming interruption and he says, Pooh, what are you doing? And Pooh responds, Oh, I'm playing a game. It's called Say What You See. Well, Christopher Robin states, Could you say what you see a little more quietly? Pooh stares blankly at him and then turns back to the window and whispers, House, grass, trees. <laughs> An endearing moment of the movie actually comes much later after Christopher Robin has shed the layers of stress and distraction in his life. And he too rides in the car and he simply looks out the window saying what he sees. House, clouds, tree, total presence. He's happier. He's aware. He's back in touch with himself and the simple joys surrounding him everywhere in his life. Presence takes practice. On my morning walks, I love to practice presence while walking. Just like Winnie the Pooh, I simply glance around and I say what I see. It's a refreshing break from the chatter in my brain. How about we take a moment right now during this podcast to increase your presence. It doesn't matter if you're doing something else right now. If you're driving or doing laundry, the dishes, walking, whatever it is, you can be fully present doing what you are doing right now. So let's start with taking three deep breaths. Inhale through the nose. Exhale through the nose. Inhale through the nose. And exhale through the nose. One more, inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, give it your full attention. What do you notice? What do you see? Glance your eyes around, cast your gaze maybe further than you normally do. What is in the distance? What is up close? 
say what you see. What can you hear? What is the music of everyday life that surrounds you right now? What are the obvious sounds? Now, listen close for the subtle sounds that you may have not heard before. What can you feel? What do you feel right next to your body? Can you feel your clothing? Can you feel your surroundings? And what do you feel that's further away? What can you smell? What can you taste? Pay close attention and simply notice what you may not have noticed before. I have a simple question for you. During that moment of full presence, were you thinking about your afflictions? Chances are that you weren't because you were present. You were noticing the beauty and power and peace that can be found in the moment right now. Hold your peace, my friend. Whatever burden you may be carrying right now doesn't have to be as heavy as you may think. Whatever affliction you're facing right now doesn't have to be as long as you may have been making it. Thine afflictions shall be but a small moment if you live in the moment. God is in the moment. He is omnipresent. Be here with him and your burdens will be light and your afflictions shall be but a small moment. In her book, The God Seed, author M. Catherine Thomas states, Much is hidden from our heedless, speedy minds. But as we take the time to be aware of the simple feeling of being, we can begin to sense that vital realm ever-present with us that offers us joy in its infinite expressions. And then, if we are alert, we will discover that in this awareness, divinity is also always present in and around us, as in this verse from Doctrine and Covenants. He comprehendeth all things, and all things are before him, and all things are round about him, and he is above all things, and in all things, and is through all things, and is round about all things, and all things are by him and of him, even God forever and ever. Were the veil suddenly lifted off the mind, we would see the glorious reality of that ever-present truth. We would see, in fact, that it is all, all God. I love this. When we are present, we see that it is all, all God. We see we are surrounded by God, literally, in the trees, clouds, sun, wind, smiles, people, inventions, ideas, opportunities. He is everywhere. When our mind sees this, we become truly present and we have connected with a great source of power. 
No wonder Satan wants us to separate from the present. No wonder Satan tries to distract us with haunting thoughts of the past or fearful and anxious worries for the future. No wonder he wants us to be so caught up in the chatter in our head. Why? Because then we don't even notice the power that surrounds us in every moment. We don't see God is with us. We don't see the support we have. We don't connect with the peace that is always here right now. Instead, we think we are alone. We feel darkness instead of light and despair instead of hope. We extend our suffering. It is not a small moment. It is big and long and endless. But it doesn't have to be this way. Thine affliction shall be but a small moment if you live in the moment. Be present. Hold your peace. Start by noticing what is around you. In Moses 6, 63, And behold, all things have their likeness, and all things are created and made to bear record of me, both things which are temporal and things which are spiritual, things which are in the heavens above and things which are on the earth, and things which are in the earth and things which are under the earth, both above and beneath. All things bear record of me. All things bear record of me. I might add to that scripture, therefore find me in all things. Open your eyes, your ears, all of your senses, and just notice what is around you. Find him in all things. This is where peace is. It is already here in the present right now. Thine affliction shall be but a small moment if you live in the moment. Imagine your life living with presence and look forward with faith. If this concept of making our afflictions a small moment by living in the moment was compelling to you, and you wonder how to practice this, I invite you to take my free mini meditation course called The Miracle of Meditation, how to transform your prayers for more presence connection, and revelation. Meditation is my most important practice of the day, and I use it for so many things, including helping me to be present. Most of my listeners already have a practice of personal prayer, but the idea of meditation can seem a little foreign. What if I told you meditation is simply a higher form of prayer, and you could integrate it right now into your personal prayers? This free course will teach you three things that you can do right now to make your prayers more meditative. It is the perfect bridge between traditional prayer and meditation. If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes, or you can find it on my website at brooksnow.com. Or if you're ready to jump into guided meditations with a Christ-centered focus, I am a proud partner with the Small Seed Still Meditation app. I have written and recorded dozens of meditations for the app to meet a variety of topics and needs. You'll find it in your favorite app store, and I'll link it here in the show notes as well. You can do this. I am cheering you on.